0: Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. I'm Anthony Castervan. I am joined by Jordan Bastian. We are here to talk Tribe. And we are here to preview the winter meetings, which begin uh, December 7th in Nashville. And, JB, everybody's expecting the Indians to be the talk of
1: Nashville, right? Oh, obviously. They're just lying in the weeds right now. I'm sure they've got something up their sleeve. Uh, Chris Antonetti has shown in the past. To have something up his sleeve, um, especially he on the trade, especially on the trade front. So we'll see.
0: Was it in Nashville a few years back where he said there was a trade on the table that we would not believe or we would never guess what it is, and it never happened? Obviously, it did not transpire. But I feel like that was in Nashville.
1: Yeah, I I, I believe so. We've been in Nashville a few times. All these winter meetings kind of run together, but he still has never admitted what yeah. the trade was. Um, I'm waiting we'll I'm waiting try, for his we'll try again uh, this year to get that information
0: out of- i'm waiting for his autobiography to come out i think it'll be in there um, <laughs> that'll be one of the selling points but uh, obviously if something big is going to happen at the winter meetings from the Indians' perspective it would be uh, more likely to be on the trade front than the free agent front we all know that and we've kind of batted this around in, in previous podcasts but just give me your opinion. Where are you at on this? I mean, is there? do you think there's realistic deals that would make sense to deal a Carrasco or a Salazar um, that, you know, especially in this market, deep as it is from a free agent pitching standpoint, um, you know, do you think that deal is out there?
1: Yeah, I think it could be out there. I just think the danger and what I would hate to see happen is, you know, them to pull the trigger on the move. And it, uh, you know, it upgrades the offense, but not dramatically. And now all of a sudden you've weakened the rotation that once you get behind those front four, the depth chart gets pretty weak um, in terms of experience and in terms of uh, sort of certainties. Not that anything is a certainty. Um, But I I would think the only way I would be comfortable making that move from the Indians' perspective would be if you knew – you had something in place to supplement the rotation, and that obviously can't be uh, in the free agent market, given the way the prices are going. So I think it's going to be really difficult for the Indians to pull the trigger. I think they really have to have that kind of deal where you just can't walk away from it, um, unless they have multiple deals on the table, and one of them is trying to also get starting pitching to sort of counter, you know, Taken away from that strong rotation. Yeah, and I
0: almost feel like
1: if something were to transpire on that front, it would—it's
0: it, not something that'd be likely at the winter meetings, in, in my opinion. Just because I, I think we need a lot of uh, things to settle in. What is again uh, um, one of the deeper starting pitching markets we've seen in, in some time. I, I think a lot. I think we need a lot more clarity there before somebody's going to overwhelm the Indians with an offer for one of these guys.
1: Yeah, exactly, and not just the starting pitching market, but also the outfield market. Um, you know, the Indians obviously have need there, yes. and they're looking at some of those second-tier guys, and you look at a guy like Chris Young who just got a multi-year deal with the Red Sox, reported to be uh, something in the $13 million range. 13, the yeah. Saw. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you, all, that also affects the second-tier outfielders who the Indians, you know, are kind of looking at as well. You know, are they willing to give a, a free agent, one of those free agents, Multiple years for sort of a short-term need, you know. So that also is something that, you know, I think they need the market to settle on that front, and they also need some of the starting pitching market to settle for other teams, you know, before you can have sort of both avenues fixed. So we're kind of in this holding pattern um, right now for the Indians, and I think the positive is that there still is a lot of talent on this roster. It's not like we're talking about a rebuilding team. Right. Um, I think it's just sort of solidifying some areas and in order to do that you just need a lot of other uh, chips to fall into place first.
0: Yeah and I and I've said this before I wonder too if they look at the New York Mets
1: uh, getting the World Series as a team who
0: uh, you know just said you know what? We're, we're comfortable with our starting patients. It's going to keep us competitive night after night and part of that was of course uh, you know some pinch and pennies going on there but they were inordinately patient uh, with their offense. And then, uh, obviously, a, a trade for a assess, but this is kind of a, a once-in-a-generation type thing, the way he went crazy there for six weeks. But um, but there were other factors with that team that also came together from, from a health standpoint. And, and you just wonder if, if they go with this – not that it's a perfect comparison, but they just go with this, uh, this mode of let's see how the, the first half sort of develops – around again a pitching staff that can keep us in games um of course that did not work out particularly well in 2015 because there are a lot of moving parts and and we'll see but but you're right i mean you don't have to blue sky yourself too much to to see potential for the lineup to improve uh we've seen some some indication uh i think baseball Prospectus their third order winning percentage had the indians as a as a, a much better team than they actually were as far as the, the one loss is, is concerned. Um, but, boy, you'd like to see them do something that makes you feel
1: better about that outfield situation with Michael Brantley on the shelf. Yeah, you would. And I think, you know, kind of to your point, I, I've written it on the site in a couple different places this winter, um, just how, how comparable the Indians rotation is, both in age and control, you know, years of control and performance, to the Mets rotation, and then on the other side, how the Indians' offense was very similar across the board to the Royals in terms of production. So you had two teams in the World Series who had two elements of their roster that were similar to the Indians. So if you're the Indians, you can sit there and say that, and you also know that you made tremendous improvement in the second half defensively. Um, and I think that when you talk about the offensive maybe inefficiencies or lack of power, you know one thing Chris Antonetti and, and his front office guys are quick to bring up is run prevention and run differential. And you know with the improvement of the defense and the strength of the starting pitching, you know there is that belief that you know with health they have those two components that could maybe make up for some of the some of what's missing. Um, slugging-wise in the offense. But you, you're right. You'd still love to see some type of move uh, to address the heart of that order because if they open another season with Carlos Santana as their cleanup hitter, you know there's going to be some uh, unrest amongst the fans. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and, and to that point
0: you made about the defensive improvements, give me a percentage chance that uh, Giovanni Ursula is the starting third baseman on opening day. Because we all know defensively he's there.
1: Yeah, that's a tough sure. one. I mean, I, I kind of put it 50-50 right now just because yeah. obviously you don't know what alternatives they're looking at. Um, I think if they went to camp with the roster in place right now, I think he's starter. starter. Um, but I think it's just so hard to read what he did offensively because you look at him in the minors, what he did in 2014, and you saw this tremendous jump um, yeah. in offensive potential and last year. I mean, there was the knee injury last winter in winter ball, then the back flared in spring, then that got better, then it flared up again, and he was limited. He didn't do anything in spring, and then late in the year, the shoulder flared. So you look at his offensive line, and it left a lot to be desired, but you could also look at it in that perspective of this kid played hurt for almost the entire year and dealt with a full major league season Uh, for the first time in his career. So that's an interesting one. I mean, I'd kind of put it 50-50 right now just because we have a whole offseason left uh, to see what could develop. But you're right. Defensively, he's there. And, uh, you know, he really was a big part of why they were so much better down the stretch in the field. We've heard the name
0: Shane Victorino tossed about uh, when it comes to the Indians, and maybe that's not terribly surprising because they did that interest in him to the point of making a four-year offer to him. Uh, prior to 2013, that turned out to be a, a terrific season for Victorino. Uh, it just happened to happen elsewhere in Boston. Uh, the last couple of years not gone nearly as well, but uh, what are your thoughts on Victorino as an outfield option here?
1: Uh, I mean, obviously it's a veteran guy would bring depth, and I think when you look at uh, when you lose a guy like Mike Vilas, who obviously brought a lot to that clubhouse um, in terms of leadership and, and things along those lines and keeping things loose, Obviously, Victorino has you know reputation along those lines too, and they need outfield depth, and you know so I could see sort of those being attractive elements uh, for bringing him into the fold. Obviously, it's a very by low situation, and I wouldn't expect them to think he would bounce back and be the, the same type of guy he was a few years ago. But if you're looking at him as a sort of guy off your bench and you know helping out and bringing something to the clubhouse, I think it's not the worst idea, but Obviously, it's not going to move the needle much to the fan base, um, given what the needs are on this roster right now. We did have some news this week. The Indians signed
0: Jabba Chamberlain to a minor league deal with an invitation uh, to camp. That's that's from the, yeah, sure, whatever category, why not? Uh, Mm -hmm. Last year was not a good year for Mr. Chamberlain. The year prior, he had a very strong first half. He kind of... Tapered away in the the second half, but this is a guy who has shown in the past to be an effective bullpen arm. He's still 30 years old, which he's one of those guys that surprised you uh, to to see that because he he feels like he's been around forever. And of course, he was around in 2007 for the infamous bug game opposite uh, Fausto Carmona. But what do you think of Chamberlain coming aboard?
1: Again, it's not that big a deal. I think, and you look at the Indians, even when they recently traded for Kirby Yates from Tampa Bay. Uh, you yeah. Kind of. You look at their recent history, and look to a guy like Jeff Manship is a great example yeah. of a guy who looked like a, you know, so-called scrap heap uh, signing, and bring him into the fold of him a minor league deal, and then he turns in this incredible season because the Indians found something and you know helped him out and. Next thing you know, you got a great reliever in the fold. Um, So who knows? You never know with these minor league deals. A few years ago, Atchison was brought in on a minor league deal, and he ended up being a a cog in that bullpen for you know a season plus. And you know, I think uh, bringing in a guy in like Java just doesn't hurt anything. Good to have depth. Good to have experience. And you know, maybe he's in the plans for the major league bullpen. Maybe he's not, Um, but. You gotta have bodies and you gotta have bodies in a team camp on minor league deals to kind of account for what might happen in spring training, uh, or what might happen during the season. You know, we saw a lot of change in that bullpen during this season, uh, and you saw guys kinda come up and down and some young guys get some experience, but you know, I think if this is a team that you know wants to contend, which they do, it's good to have those guys who have those major league innings up at the belt. Yeah, Jabba's uh
0: uh, Velocity is still intact. He's got some life on his fastball. So we'll see uh, what he can bring to the table in the spring. But for now, it's still the winter, and the winter meetings are coming. Jordan Bastian will be there. We'll check in with him again from Nashville, from the Opryland. Oh, boy. Uh, until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition.